is there anybody who can spout Bible verses better than that man? Because I don't know if there is one man. It just sounds so luscious coming out of his mouth. No, I don't even like, like I don't like, like, I, I don't like church. church lady. Yeah. No, but if he was preaching, I'd be like, I'd kind of go to just watch him I'm do it. Cause... church. Yeah. If, if you're going to get me, basically I'm saying if Samuel Jackson wants to preach, I'll go to his church. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but prefer the classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. And howdy there. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. And I'm Terry. And I'm so excited to do this movie this week, Julia. Yes, 1990s <laughs> Death by Temptation. The title of this episode is Hot Natured Freakazoid. One hot natured freakazoid. I'll be a freakazoid. Come, Come on, on and wind, wind me, me up. up. Ow. Ow. I like songs that have ow in it. Like it's like very cameo, like word up. And I feel like we're getting a lot of that in this. You even get a cameo shout out as some Bill Nunn pretending to be a guy in cameo, like the new lead singer died. Yep. Uh, the t- <laughs> tagline for this movie is a terrifying tale of vampires and lust. Uh, it's okay tagline. I feel like they could sell it a little bit harder because this movie goes pretty hard. Uh, I this think was it's way more lust than love. And I would lead with the lust versus love at the beginning of that and uh, switch that up just a little bit in the tagline because this movie is very sexual. It is. And it was written and directed by James Bond the third, who also stars as our main character, Joel. Uh, okay, so I was looking him up. I like uh-huh. saw like he did a bunch of like child acting stuff before, like, but I, there's not anything else about him on the internet now. Like, there's like barely anything. I tried to find more. It's just like he made this movie, and that was this was kind of it. Huh. Interesting. Well, I you know, trauma is a is a very interesting place to make your one movie for, and we adore trauma for their disgustingly offensive gore, sexy. You know, and the, the thing is, we great love about you, Uncle Lloyd. You, yeah, we do. We love Uncle Lloyd, and we say, "Oh, it's a troll movie," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, I know what I'm going to get. I, this is what I'm in for." And honestly, this movie went above where I thought trauma could go. Uh, only because I, when I think of trauma, I think of Toxic Avenger, right? Which I adore, but is at this level of like super indie movie, right? Where it has this like very, it's very homemade. And and this one didn't feel like that. This felt like it had some production value. It, it felt like production. also the actors because this is we're getting Kadeem Hardison when he's literally in the middle of doing um, Different World. This is like the height of his like super like 90s, like early 90s stardom. Um, different World started in 1987. This is a few years into that. And it's Different World's going to continue on for a little bit, too. So you're like, you could tell that like either he was good friends with Joel or so- something or the um, right. uh, James Bond, the third here or something. We've got like young Samuel L. Jackson. We've got yes. Bill Nunn after he's been Radio Raheem. We got Ernest Dickerson 
the reason of production value, I, I'm going to give a lot to him, I'm going to say, because Ernest Dickerson is a cinematographer on this. And he's also like Spike Lee, as we know, is like one of his biggest mm-hmm. collaborators and like his one of his main cinematographers. And he's a great director in his own right. Yes. So I'm feeling like this was shadow directed I, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree Ernest with Dickerson. that. I think so. I think that that's what makes it so beautiful is it's shot very well. Uh, which I think is unusual for the for, for trauma. No offense to trauma, because I love it for all of its homemade feel. That makes what makes me happy about it. Um, so we have in the beginning of this movie the asshole boy for bartender to end all asshole boy t- bartenders who is just stringing ladies along, breaking hearts like a night no big. And he's deal. on the landline at the bar, like chatting ladies up. This is hilarious. I love this scene. I was like, well, did they not want to have like pay for their actors? I was like, maybe not. He's doing great. He's literally telling a girl to get an abortion in the first minute of the movie i was like oh shit he's like and then we can hook up again once you get rid of that kid you're like oh my god that's brutal yeah but also oh my god they had access to abortion what a different time. <laughs> oh god anyway uh so um, he is yeah. uh lured in by the the beautiful lady who is sitting at the end of the bar uh let's give what a shout out to cynthia bond who plays uh, the temptress because man wow 110 percent so smoking hot i literally like as soon as this like i saw like probably five minutes of this movie i literally was on the imdb and then i was like there's not a lot about her on the imdb i'm on the wiki i find her on the twitter she's an author this is like the only movie ah. she ever does this is it and if i'm like if this is it she's fucking smoking hot in this movie she yeah. sells this role she does such a good job she w- goes on to write a, a book called ruby that's like a series that ended up being one of oprah's book club books like oh, she's like a well-known wow. author Interesting. Yeah. and her mom writes and stuff too. Anyway, I went down the rabbit hole about her. She's also, I believe, bisexual. And I was like, oh. me and her are going to date someday. Oh, all right. <laughs> yes. In my mind, in my mind, in my mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Uh, she is, a, she, her, she is described as a hot natured freakazoid. Uh, she's got these long claws uh, nails. Golden nails. I want to go get my nails done. Literally, I wanted to get my nails done before I watched this movie the other day, and I was it made me want to go even harder now and get just like some crazy claws just to be like her. Like, oh wow! I just want to be yes. her and smoke a cigarette like her, like a little slim. So she's got these beautiful long nails. I and forgot she about slim guys- cigarettes. Slim, I haven't seen slim. those in a minute. It's a it's it's yes. Slim cigarettes were like very much the lady cigarette of the 80s. Right. And she's smoking that slim and um, she has guys light light her cigarettes. And she's like he uses a match and she's like, you should have used the lighter. It would have lasted longer. And you're like, ooh, uh, yeah, she doesn't, faster. she doesn't have to put much effort into luring any of these men because she's so incredibly beautiful. They're already transfixed, even if she wasn't some sort of demon monster, whatever she is. You'd still be like, yes, anything you ask. Okay. She's perfectly clothed. Her makeup is perfect. Her hair is perfect. And she's stunning. Yes. She looks classy as fuck. Uh, And so she's able to uh, lure uh, our our gentleman with her back to her, her boudoir. Her layer. Her layer. Her boudoir, her beautiful layer. So her home, like the guy walks in and she doesn't answer this. She's like, oh yes, come up. And he's like, you leave the door open. It's like, this woman can handle herself. She's okay with leaving the door open. So he walks up this beautiful like staircase and he's giving me very like, this bartender's giving me very like Billy D, like young energy. Yes, he does. Right? Uh, He's got that suaveness about him. How Mm -hmm. hot it is that she puts his own belt around his neck and leads him. I was like, that's a good Um, move. That's a good good move. (laughs) Okay. I watched this movie kind of late at night and I was like, okay, okay, this is a good late night movie. This is a good, like, you know, precursor watching this happen. It's super hot. She gets basically like, 
she keeps stopping him. You can tell she's kind of got that very dominatrix energy. That's what's so hot about her, too. And so you can tell she's very much in control. She's got candles dripping all over the place. There's like the wispy curtains by her bed. Like it's literally set up like a sex den. Right. And he's like, uh-huh. oh, I get that's why you're a freak. Like he's like, I see your place. Like, you know what you're doing. He's like, lead the way. So he's a willing servant to her, you know, and she like he tries to go to kiss her. And she's like, no, 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 not yet. Like it's that she teases him so beautifully each moment and then grabs that belt and leads him to the shower and they start making out and like in the shower with the belt around his neck that she's holding on to and like working it. Yeah. So we get some shower scrumping going on, uh, but suddenly the blood uh, waters turn into blood and she is, uh, yeah, a full frontal right away. Thank you, Troma, for all of that. Uh, But it is blood under the door. Uh, And then we cut to our friend, Samuel L. Jackson, who, nope, is there anybody who can spout Bible verses better than that man? Because I don't know if there is one man. It just sounds so luscious coming out of his mouth. No, I don't even like, like I don't like, like, I, I don't like church. church lady. Yeah. No, but if he was preaching, I'd be like, I'd kind of go to just watch him I'm do it. I'm church. Yeah. If, if you're going to get me, basically, I'm saying if Samuel Jackson wants to preach, I'll go to his church. That's yeah. about it. That's pretty much the only church I want to go to. Like, so good. So he's just spouting off like all this stuff. But the church is strangely empty. And there's just one little child kind of sitting in the middle. But all of a sudden we see a lady in the background looking like a widow because she's got like the black cloak and all, you know, of like um, bail and veil. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like very strange. And then we get like a weird like feels like and you can't tell if you're in a dream or if it's like real or if it's fake or where who's who's having the vision um and so we see like a car accident happen um and you see from a demon and grandma looks like maybe she's having the dream because the dad it looks like the car accident like the dad is trying to run down a lady and ends up crashing his car so he we find out and we find out that he's going he's going to be a preacher that is that is the little we boy know. we find out yes. yeah is is on his path to be a preacher just like his father it looks like who was Samuel Jackson um and he wants to be a world renowned minister and grandma gives him this talk and this grandma it made I me a little nostalgic she reminds me of my grandma my dad's Does mom she? like so much she passed away when i was only 5 years old and i didn't really get to know her very well but her energy mm-hmm. and even how she looks and the outfit i probably was of that time too you know the, of that era just like mm-hmm. the fashion and such i was like oh my god um but she gives this talk to him like hey this is the moment when you say you're on the path and i feel like my grandma would have had this conversation with me like when you say you're going to be about god and you're going to go on this journey you're going to be tested and this is the moment where you're going to be tempted and tested because you've said you're going to be a man of God. But I, I, I like that about Jules' character is that he does seem very committed to it, but he also knows himself well enough to be like, this is the rest of my life. And if I ever want to make a decision about if this is really what I want to do or not, this is the moment. And I need to really step away for a second and look at it from another fresh perspective to then go forward and decide what I want to do with myself. It's a little rumspringa moment, right? Like it's like kind of like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I, in my mind, you know what I mean? Though it's like, okay, it before I'm going to like make my, like live this path, like I need to go to New York and visit my friend and like maybe have a moment and just like make sure that this is exactly what I want and like he knows he's going to go to the big city he's probably going to get tested so he knows that that's kind of happening and we get this beautiful shot as he's heading into New York and that pre 9-11 New York skyline and the gorgeous Mm. shot of everything and I just got all nostalgic Um, and we head up back at that bar Back at a bar where she is just, she has her spot at the bar and she just, that hot she's just that, yeah. talking about the honey traps to end all honey traps, just waiting, just trapped, doesn't have to move. 
just sitting there and they're going to come to her. She just sits there with her cigarette waiting for someone to light it, drinking whatever she's drinking. Is this the plan to take, Terry? Could I just do this? Could I just become this glamorous woman who sits at the end of the bar with a cigarette and waits for men to come to me? You've never done that? Because I've definitely done that. I have not. <laughs> no. What am I doing wrong? I've spent, I've spent some time. Um, oh, my God. Am I revealing my secrets? Maybe no, a little does bit, it, kids, Does it work? I, I'm letting you know. Oh, 100%. If you just sit there with a drink by yourself or like you like to have a book, have a book. Guys always want to talk, talk and interrupt you when you're reading a book. Bring oh. your book to the bar. Have your drink. Cute drink. Wear your cute little outfit. Make it like a good title that you feel like they're probably going to want to mansplain to you and you just bring them in <laughs> and it's so easy. Um but I love that we also get Bill Nunn, who's uh, Radio Rahim from Do the Right Thing, which I just was like obsessed with. Um, he's sitting there at the bar and he did, he's the only guy who does not seem to fall for her. He's like watches her and he's just like, I don't trust her. He's like, she is too good to be true. She's just hanging out there. Um, she just picks up all these, you know, picking up all these people. And Bill Nunn's also trying to pick up women. So it's like a running gag of him doing these terrible lines that just like fun little comic relief here and there of him like just saying the dumbest things to women and they just like throwing drinks on him or just like dissing him or walking away with another man or whatever each time. Mm-hmm. So she uh, ends up with another victim, uh, Norman, who comes in and takes his wedding ring off as he's walking in the door. Uh, just take it off before you walk in the bar, man. Like don't go in the doorway and take it off. I guess so- walked in and saw her and, and like, decided oh. to take it off. I think that was his turning point because I think okay. he didn't go in intentionally going to like cheat on his wife. He did want to go out and like have a good time, but he saw her and he was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready to make this happen. So that was so his she, call. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she goes, they go to uh, back to hers. Uh, they're getting sexy, sexy. She pulls a knife on him and I was like, oh, she's going to drink him up. Well, first but- she used a peacock feather and got right. him used to just having her like run something across his body. Then all of a sudden that peacock feather isn't a peacock feather anymore. It is a freaking knife now. Yeah, it gave me a uh, blind beast uh, flashbacks, which is a Japanese movie we watch where there is some knife play going on. And I was like, oh, I don't think I see that very much. And then here we are here. Uh, but this is... She doesn't kill him, but she does mark him up real good and ends up giving him something in a very insinuating way uh, that I've given you something there's no cure for and it will grow until it consumes you. So she's that she is punishing him for his infidelity. Uh, she's just getting off on on making his life miserable. Yeah. So this is like all of a sudden becomes like you, you feel that morality play portion of, of what's happening in this film because, you know, we are con- dealing with like heaven and hell and good and evil and stuff like that, too. So she seems like a benevolent demon kind of lady or something like she's like, nope, like you you made your choice, dude. Um, and the man, you know, auto, uh, like immediately feels remorseful. Norman, like as he woken up with all the, these lacerations and stuff in his body and he goes downstairs and he sees himself in the mirror and he's like, oh, my God. And he has like automatically looks like he has weird sores and stuff like that emerging from his body mm-hmm. and um, I was like is he a ghoul now or a Renfield I wasn't sure quite what he was yet but it's just right. like he's gonna have some problems going back to his family because he does like, not succubus, look good with the succubus rules I don't I'm not clear on like, I, right. I know a succubus is the demon that gets off on on sexual energy from men but beyond that I don't know what the rules are with with them can they bite you can they kill you or you become their slave. I, I'm not really sure where it goes. Uh, I wasn't so sure, we, but she ruined that guy's life for sure. Oh, yeah. She, totally. So Joel wants to go visit his big brother in New York City, who is Kay, played by Katim Harrison. I love so much his outgoing message. If it's a girl, beat me. If it's a boy, leave a message. So priorities straight and also beepers. Hilarious. 
he's part of the game, you know, he's living that life. And we find out he's like a young um, actor who's kind of on the rise and, you know, doing his little thing and living this New York life. And he's got a nice little, little pad and some cool clothes and he's hip and cool. And so um, Joel comes out there and, and, you know, wants to see what's, what's up. And he kind of scares him at the door when he shows up at the, at his, at his place. Um, but he's really mm-hmm. innocent. And Joel's like, I don't drink. I don't do anything, but I'll, I guess I'll go hang with you at this bar, but can I have milk at the bar? It's like very right. innocent, very it's sweet. So cute. Yeah. No, 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 no milk. Uh, the night before that Joel had arrived, uh, Kay had gone into the bar and he had met, uh, Miss Temptress who was giving him the wide eyed, Oh, you're an actor. Can I have your autograph spiel? Which is, which is pretty good. And the change in her so eyes hard. Like, yeah. when she can flip back and forth is really, really good. Um, yeah, so, so the yeah. audience is clued in that she's pretty evil and he he just can't see it. And you can see how these guys are mesmerized. And so there's also has this vision he has of like being on her bed, like with like grapes and she's feeding him all this like fruit and stuff. And, and you there's know, a it's saxophone like, player playing right next to them. It's really fabulous. So it's clearly uh, them on the dance floor. But I was like, are they at her place? But it's like I was like, oh, it's just in his mind like that he gets like transported. Um, and there's also like she feeds him banana, but there's like a string on it, and it made me so oh, fucking repulsed. And I was I like, please, to puke. Use, please, wait, please use another take. Sorry. It's funny how that one moment, like, like humanity, everyone's like, Ugh. and maybe they did it on purpose, like because it really does. Like everybody's like, don't eat that; it's so gross, it's so <laughs> unsexual. All of a sudden, like, yeah, like, like the grapes Ugh. were kind of hot and sexy, but as soon as like she had that stringy fucking piece of banana, I was like, mork, mork. <laughs> and banana is one of those weird foods for me. Like I'll admit it straight up people like sometimes I really love it and sometimes I'm like the thought of it makes me want to vom and it's like same with avocado so that's that's, that's just that texture Mm. I think it's the same and I was just like oh my gosh Oh, thinking about it even, is so gross. Even, I know, it's so gross. Even you've seen the videos of monkeys and the monkeys are peeling it off. The monkeys are like, fuck the fucking stringy bits. Ugh, gross. No one wants that in their mouth. Like, you don't want no. that. Like, I can, I can just feel it like in between my teeth and like hitting my tongue. And I just, it's like fucking Cronenbergian and body horror. It's horrible. It is, but it's just a fucking banana. Like, we should be able to get over that. But like, so, so gross. Anyways, so he wakes up from that and he like realizes he's back at the bar and like, uh, can know, I she, can I just interject? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but at, at his apartment, there is a poster that's prominently displayed in uh, his apartment for Dance or Die, which yes. is a movie that my friend's mom was in it. And I watched that with because I was like, oh, my friend's mom, it takes place in Las Vegas in like the 70s. And she totally has multiple sex scenes in that movie. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is so uncomfortable watching my friend's mom do this. It was really, really fucking awkward. Uh, but I don't know why that movie was being touted in the background of this movie, but it is. And there's maybe my personal someone connection. was connected or someone, yeah, someone probably worked, worked on, it, on like, it on the production. Guaranteed. I mean, knowing trauma, right? Like, as far as like all of that, they're probably giving a shout out to somebody. That is oh, wild. Um, but Kay is a good a good final boy because he's got he's an actor and he's in a bunch of action movies and he has a bunch of his action movie props uh, around his apartment. But he says the knives are sharpened and the guns are loaded because he lives in new york city and he's not fucking around i'm like yes yeah this is what even about. named his gun his like main like big ass gun is called bertha and he's like yeah it's a film souvenir but it's a real gun and it works it's loaded ready to go and i was like Chekhov's gun are we gonna get this later uh-huh. um so i wrote myself a little note um and so they have this moment you know where they're talking about like you know their lives like you know j and k and and um and he's like you know what you preach i teach like k is like letting him know like hey i'll teach you around the city like you can keep your preaching stuff um and so, uh, yeah. And then next we cut back to the bar again and Honey Trap is, is, is on the move again. And there's this hot green eyed guy that's there. 
that she happens to rope into. And we get another little like little gay moment, like this guy hitting on this guy in the bar as well. And he, yeah. it doesn't work. And um, uh, but but this guy, she takes back to her place uh, and she pegs him and like yeah. kills him. And you're like, wow. So you realize he was probably denying that he was being gay. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like every single one of these guys. It's like you've got the married guy. You've got the gay guy. Like every single one of these guys she seems to bring back to try to teach them some sort of like lesson somehow. So it's like, again, very much the morality play. But we got knife play in this movie. We got pagan in this movie. Like it's going hard, this movie. They're not for the media. Every scene, every scene. Very inventive. Oh, Uncle Lloyd. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes in this movie is uh, is Kay trying to dress Joel cool. And the just makeover how... moment, the makeover yes. montage. <laughs> we love a makeover montage. I do. Yeah. I didn't expect <laughs> one of this movie and I was delighted by it because he's so dorky and it's just like every outfit you're like, Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. he's like, but I look cool, right? Like, no, no, sir. You don't at all. You know what it is? Because it's like all dad clothes, right? Like yeah. every single thing he brings out is like dad pants or like, you know, these khakis. You know what I mean? They're like, and like, yeah. even like uh, Kay is like, uh, like, why are you dressed like you're in the military? Like, what is going on? Like, you don't look cool. Like, you just look like a weird old, old man, you know? But he finally so. lands on an outfit that he looks adorable yeah. in and does his sweet celebratory James Brown dance moves, which are very cute. They're um, cute so little, they... like little Kadeem kind of glasses he like throws mm-hmm. on and like. Yeah, and some sweet, like, kind of tweed jacket thing that's very cool. So, yeah. So they go to the bar and uh, meet the lady, and she wants Joel instead. And But can we talk about Bill Nunn's moment right here, too? Because this is when he okay. talks to this girl who says that she was in Vogue, but he's like, no, 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 I have you on my wall. You were in Penthouse. And she's like, I was in Vogue. And she's trying to give him all the social cues to, like, help pick her up, but he is not hearing it. And so, anyway, she leaves off with another guy. But, yes. Joel is getting picked up by this lady and it looks like he's drinking now too by the yeah, temptress. She, she immediately gets him drinking uh, but uh, doesn't want to have sex because fornication is a sin and it is against everything he believes in. Uh, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. And we, we find, find out he's the last in, him, in his line of family. He's the only when, one left. If you're going to have sex, like now is the time, right? Or is he so into ministry that he's like, I'm never going to do it because... He's going to wait till he gets married. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, right. Gotcha. That's the, that's that's the like, good Christian thing. Like, you need to marry your, it's okay. Uh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you for all the Christian needs, Julia. Um, So he's supposed to, we're supposed to wait till you get married. You're supposed to like marry a good, you know, good woman. And so that you, you know, have a minister's wife. So he's waiting for that moment. But so he's, doesn't want to be tempted. Um, Yeah. Well, we find out, yes, Joel is the last of his line. Uh, so she is, he is special to, for some reason to the temptress and she has set her sights on him. Uh, meanwhile, grandma has a vision where she sees Joel's kid picture bleed out of his eyes, which is a really creepy effect. Um, the next day, she comes to pick up Joel from Kay's apartment and has no reflection in the mirror, which Kay does not tell him. I, I, I guarantee you, Terry, if you were with somebody and they had no reflection and you were standing right there, I would tell you immediately Honestly, they have no reflection. same. But he seems like he's either glamored or like hypnotized or like dumbfounded for that moment, too, because also if he tells him that he's like, I don't think he'll believe me, but he could just be like turn the fuck around because they have this whole moment where like it's like a back and forth and then they're walking out of the house like he could have turned around at any time. But Joel is so like like hypnotized by her. I think Mm -hmm. if he did try to tell him, 
he still wouldn't see it. It's one of those things where like, I feel like I've definitely had those moments where I've dated people where my friends were not excited about who I was dating and they want to tell you and you're like, but I love them. And then you look back in hindsight, you're like, oh, I was a fucking idiot. Like they were actually really terrible for me and I didn't notice that. So I think it's also like a a statement on that kind of a situation where like your friend could try to tell you or your family could try to tell you, but you're not necessarily going to listen. That's true. So uh, Kay does confess to uh, Dougie, who is our our friend Bill Nunn, that he uh, and he finds out that Dougie is a fed and he was on surveillance and knows the score because he knows something is wrong with that lady. Yeah, that's why he's been very skeptical. So they team up. Unlikely team up. Yeah, unlikely duo for sure. I was like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. Like these guys getting together to like like you know, scope shit out, but they uh they're looking. And so um they um decide that they're gonna like figure out like what's up. So they go to visit this like madam played by the wonderful freaking Melville Moore, um, who I love, just like an amazing uh actress and singer. She was in the original, you know, like back in the day in hair and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And um she's just a talented singer. So she tells Dougie and Kay through like a trance and stuff like that, that she's like, what it is. She basically, this is where we get the rules. This is, yep. she's the temptress. This is what this demon is. She's a flesh uh, seducing and destroying. Uh, she destroys souls. She's looking for something that's truly innocent. Joel fits the bill. He's the last of his line. She's an ancient demon called temptation. Yep. She says the spirit uses sexuality to hold morality hostage. Its reason for being is to seduce the subconscious, the conscious, yay, the very soul, so that it may remain in a fallen, lustful state of existence. Sounds good to me, man. A fallen, lustful state for existence. Like that's... That's kind of our lives right now, right? uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, it kind of is. (laughs) But it is an ancient demon. So... Yeah. uh, Sonya is a medium and uh, Temptation knows that she is being listened to. So now comes through the medium and screams at them and knows they are there. So this... It's pretty scary. So she gets like possessed for a second. And this is while Joel and um, the Temptress are out like on a little lunch date. And so she's like, excuse me. She like seems agitated. Like he's trying to like bear his soul to her. And he realizes he's telling her more than he probably wants to. They're having like a very deep heart to heart kind of moment. And she's like, hold on, I have to go. And she goes to the restroom and like channels into Ma- the, to Madame Sonia and is like, da, 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 da. like you're like, oh shit. Like in like rages through her. Um, and the guys freak out, of course, and they leave and they want to go warn and tell Joel, like, dude, like, you need to go home. Like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Like, this, this lady is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandma, me of the wild, knows while well, something is up and she is on the ready to do something. Uh, and Kay, in this very sad moment, tells, screams at Joel to go home, that he doesn't want him there anymore. And we know as the audience that he's doing it to save him. But it just hurts Joel so bad. And he's like, oh, you don't want me here anymore. And it drives him right into the temptress thing. Instead of doing what he wants to do, he doesn't go home. He goes to see the temptress instead. Um, and in the meantime, Dougie and them, they, they get to procure some holy water. And they decide they're going to go figure some shit out. And so they go to try to catch her at the bar. Um and they try to like get her and you know give her um, stuff, but in the meantime, she also um, and they try to take her down at the bar. Uh, yes, so she doesn't go very well. No, so she, they put holy water in her drink, and it looks like she is poisoned really bad. But when they come to get her, she turns it around on them, and she actually uh, had been faking it and knew they had put it in their drink, and the bartender was one of them. So he yeah. is there. She is the bartender is his little Renfield, uh, but they come and they 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 come out. This the car is gone, 
and they just go, okay, I'll see you when I see you. And they split up and they just you're like, wait, no, that would just split the party as, you, as we always know. Right. Don't split the party when you're in this kind of situation. So uh, Bill Nunn like tries to like commandeer a car and hops in. He's like, I'm a, I'm a police officer. It's fine. And they like, he hops in the back of the car. But as soon as that car gets going a little bit, he's like, wait, what's going on with this car? Why is it weird? And the guy in the front's a demon. And then and the person in the back seat with him is also a freaking demon. And it's like, oh, it's too late for you now. Now you're yeah. probably going to be part of the demon posse as well. Uh, Joel's at her house. Uh They are kissing, kissing, kissing up. um, And she tries to give him some wine, but he doesn't want to drink it. So power move. She drinks it and just kisses it, puts it in his mouth. So you're like, well, there you go. (laughs) Give right. You know, a little shotgun action. Yeah. And, uh, and case. he passes the fuck out right away too though that's like the craziest part like he has it in his mouth i was like oh this really does take him down it's like his kryptonite um but cave bites a tv in this next moment this poltergeisty weird wonderfulness this scene is very cool yes he is he sees himself on television and then his self on television starts talking to him and he basically With his gets, gun on tv yeah which basically starts to eat him he gets sucked in and eaten by the television but then kind of pukes him back out and there's a there's like a plastic face on the tv coming out at you very nice um, blood and guts all over the floor like yes. full like intestines get strung out kind of thing um but then that that face thing it's like uh, reminds me of season four of dragula it's one of the challenges they get covered in that like plastic stuff and their uh-huh. face is trying to like reach out very ah. cool cool oh, it reminded me of nightmare on elm street there's a little like gag yep. like that as well yeah so grandma comes to the rescue and we're like yeah grandma and she just gets owned so quick <laughs> you're like no grandma yeah by the temptress and um but she's you know yelling out bible stuff to him like faith that that works is dead and like you know the power is in the word power is in the bible power is in the blood kind of thing so they're saying all this stuff we also get like samuel L. jackson like kind of in the mix of this you know in a part of the vision so it's like a cacophony of like um religious like fervor trying to fight the temptation um that's going on right here we have a changing sequence as uh, Temptress becomes more demon-like and fake fanged out. Uh, but God saves the day and the head explosion and we're safe. And she sizzles and then there's like bubble up on the floor. This is great. This is trauma right here. This is like very toxic, like the bubbling, yeah. gurgling, like dead demon after this weird makeup job that she had where she lo- you could see the true demon underneath. She was right. not hot anymore. She'd look like a, like a lizard snake person. Um, well, that, that might be hot to some. We don't judge. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not going to yuck on somebody's yum if they like that, but she's <laughs> not as hot as she was for me at the beginning of the movie. Okay, I'll just say that. My personal preference uh, is not uh, demon. <laughs> but uh, Kay is uh, now doomed to be a demon chauffeur, and he is also demon. Uh, the succubus is now his job. has been transferred to him. So somehow... It was a transference. He wasn't really dead. And this is how we end. It reminded and me Bill Nunn of Bill Nunn too. Also is one part of the demon yes. crew now too. So it's Bill Nunn and Kadeem Hardison that are like Dougie and Kay that are now like the part of the demon crew. And they're, they're, they're going to take the, the mission on. Uh, it reminded me of the end of vampire in Brooklyn, where we also have like a vampire chauffeur that's like taken over now to, to lead the day. Uh, that yeah. would be a, a bad double feature at this movie. Actually. Absolutely. Um, so this movie I thought was a lot of fun. And I think you have, really Cynthia Bond to thank for it as well as the cinematography, but she has a very difficult role and I buy her in every single thing she does. There's never a moment that I'm not, she's not selling. Cynthia Bondage. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That belt move. Mm. And like how. It. So Ooh, how do you hot. survive death by temptation? 
Uh, you don't get tempted. Don't go to bars. Don't drink. See, this <laughs> was like the same thing we were talking about. Stuff, right? About get get out last week was basically the answer to how you survive is just to be single. So I feel like this is also another one to say no, just be single. This Sorry, might be why I'm single. Okay, dating so- dating kills. <laughs> No, but like, I think you just need to be mindful of like who you meet at the bar sometimes. Like maybe like, you know, um, be careful. Um, if she's too good to be true, like be, watch out maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also maybe ask them like, hey, are you a demon? And then if they're like, yes, oh. then you might, might want to be like, I'm going to move on. I feel like she might tell him. Is it one of those things where like a demon is contractually obligated to tell you when you ask them outright, like point blank? Um, I don't think so, but I feel like if I asked her, like maybe she would tell me, but then maybe I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but here's the question. Do you, everyone you date, do you ask them if they're a demon straight out? No, right? No. So you, okay, see, this is the power move we should be taking. They won't think it's weird at all. If you're like, please tell me for the truth. Are you a demon? Let's talk about some gore factor. Number one is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. It wouldn't be trauma if it wasn't a five. Run for the barf bag. Honestly. What do we love them for? Gore and guts. Gore and guts and boobies. Um, (laughs) I love trauma so much for all of it. And there was a lot of guts on the floor. There's plenty of blood straight from the beginning. You got blood coming out of the shower. Yeah, uh, you know nozzles like I it, it's it's beautiful beautiful blood so full five on that um, movie ratings zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate two barely qualifies as a horror film three seen worse seen better four not too shabby five fantastical this is a three for me seen worse seen better I uh I didn't I didn't mind it I really liked Cynthia Bond's performance is what made it Kadeem Hardison also like on full throttle and freaking Radio Rahim Bill Nunn as Dougie like getting the running gag of him getting just denied by these women and just having the worst pickup lines you could ever have, like clearly not trying to get picked up. Brilliant. Uh, and we got a little, our little Samuel L. Jackson snuck in there just for like a little extra bonus. Good measure. Is, it's like yes. early Samuel L. before he's like super, super famous and Ernest yes. Dickerson cinematography, like fucking for the win, like just beautiful. Uh, so I give this movie a two and a half. So um, Bela qualifies the horde and a little bit more. So it's fun. I liked it. I liked the performances and I liked the concept of it. Next week, we're going to be talking a movie that came out in 2020 that we're very excited to talk about. Neither one of us has seen called His House. We hope you will join us for that. Meanwhile, you can find us on the internet on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We do have a Patreon. If you like what we do, you can always subscribe. We love support from you and our wonderful listeners. We also have a Teespring store if you love us so much that you want to rep us. Merch is available for you. Merch. Yeah, merch to merch. We love you, dear listeners. Thank you so much for listening uh, to us talk about movies. Next week, we will see you for some his house who knows Going what will lurk house bum, 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 his mm-hmm. house everything mm-hmm. needs a song now all right <laughs> bye guys have a great week bye